go to uh, uh, to Matthew 26. Um, <clears throat> and we are at uh, <laughs> we are at 57. Um, but just maybe just before we read uh, something's going to happen in today's text is that we're going to see um, we're going to see what's inside two people um, we're going to see what's inside of Peter and we're going to see what's inside of Jesus and that's kind of what we're going to see in this passage today. Um, and then we can see, yeah, what happens. So uh, last week Jesus was just uh, apprehended in the garden and now he is seized. And then in 57 we read, and those, oh, and those who had seized Jesus, seized Jesus, led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Oh, oh there you go. okay. Now the count, now the chief priest and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At least two came, for at least two came forward, and said, "This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days.'" And the high priest stood up and said. Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Then Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power, and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, he has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, he deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the cordia, and the servant Galilee came up to him and said, You were also with Jesus of the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another girl saw him and said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. And after a little while, the bystanders came up to Peter and said, 
Lord said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So, as we're looking into what's going on here, Jesus has just, he's been taken prison, he's been taken in, uh, mostly as a prisoner. Uh, we know that we know the trial is rigged because for many chapters ago, we know that uh, even Caiaphas himself has said it's better that one man die for the people than for the whole nation to perish. So th- this is, and also the, the agreement with G- uh, Judas is that they they want Jesus killed. Um, also, the whole notion of the Jewish council, which should be impartial, are seeking false wi- witnesses. Now they're so false that they can't get two people to agree, um, or have the same story, so they don't find that. So you can say, okay, maybe there's a whole group of people's hearts that are being revealed, and that's the whole group of people who want Jesus killed. But then in the middle we'll see who Jesus is, and then we'll see how Peter is not Peter is not Jesus at all, but all the things Jesus said Peter would do is that he would deny him. It's going to come true despite Peter's great confidence in himself last week that he said I will die before I will deny you that's not going to happen it's interesting to see that um, I think it, oh now I went all the way now I went all the way just, just a little bit of Bible. so I didn't take the whole list and uh, we talked uh, slightly about this, how the Jewish religious culture has been like, is not exactly the way it should be. Uh, so this is the, this is Caiaphas, uh, called Joseph of Caiaphas by Josephus, a uh, Jewish historian. He's high, he's high priest at this time. I think he's a high priest from 18 to 36 AD. And he's mentioned in the book of Matthew, Luke, John, and Acts. And also maybe in Flavius' writings that he will also be a historian. <coughs> they think they maybe have found his tomb. There's disagreements on whether it was his tomb or not. But this is the guy who is high priest. There's you would say like this is not a very long time he's high priest. It's because there's something wrong with the high priestness at this point. So when Moses uh, uh, makes Aaron high priest, he's supposed to be high priest until he dies. But something happens in the inter- in in between, and maybe a little bit like in Northern Europe and other place, places, it becomes a position of power and and stuff and politics, especially with the Romans coming in, altering the power. So now, it's there are so many high priests in a very short span. They still are kind of, as you would say, like some of them are still f- in their same families and different things. But there's there's something that's not exactly right. Um, <coughs> but 
It's this trial where there's false witnesses and and they're not they are not getting really getting anywhere. Then there's these two people uh that get forward and, and quote and said that Jesus said he would he would tear down the temple. He didn't, but that he was talking about his body, we you know, but that he had said that he could rebuild the temple in three days. But even at that, the high priest doesn't seem to be like really trusting these witnesses totally. And then he, uh, you know, or, or he gets so upset of what Jesus says about the temple and in religious fury he gets up and then just proving that he doesn't really have that good witnesses, he, he then asks Jesus, uh, um, what is it that people are testifying against you? I just thought it's such a dumb question. Like if they're doing a trial, why is it that Jesus has to speak? They don't have any witnesses to anything. And like he said earlier in the, in, the, in the garden, you come at night to capture me. I was in the temple teaching all the time. Jesus all the places says, point out where is my fault. I have broken no law. But then, clever or unclever, <laughs> and beautiful us to see because now we're going to behold something beautiful. In his religious seal, the high priest then calls upon Jesus to be honest and speak in front of the living God and say, are you the Christ, the Son of God? This is such a beautiful moment because Jesus is not going to deny himself. Jesus will tell us who he is. And Jesus in a in just four words says to in English says to him and other places in John uh, one of the other gospels he just says I am which would have made them even more furious. But here in this in Matthew he says you have said so. The words you just said, they were true. I am the Christ, the Son of God. So Jesus could have stopped there, but no. He goes on. Because he will not deny himself. Because you don't maybe have a full understanding of who the Christ is, so I'll tell you. You will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power of God coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus confesses correctly who he is. He does not deny who he is. He cannot because he said you have to promise by the living God are you the Christ? Jesus has no choice but to say yes I am. And even more than that you will see me again when I come to judge all of you. And before that, I will sit at the right hand of God, which I did in the beginning. I've always been there. I've always been at the right hand of God, the seat of power. And so, of course, now 
the whole Sanhedrin, all the religious leaders, they fall down at Jesus' feet and worship him as God. No, they don't. Because <laughs> they don't believe Jesus. This was a trick. They had no witnesses, so he has to call on him to whether or not he is the Christ because they don't believe he is. So they aren't going to listen. So what comes out is, instead of them listening, yes, I am exactly who you say I am, and I will come again. I came from the right hand of the Father, I'm going to the right hand of the Father, and I'll come back. It is for us so encouraging that Jesus in the middle of his trial does not deny who he is. He confirms it and says, yes, I am. Now Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen and that's why he was in the garden so distressed until death because he knows what's coming. But he still doesn't deny it. He could have just denied it and said, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm just a carpenter guy. You know, I'm, I'm not. But Jesus, he cannot deny himself and will not deny himself. So he, sh- he shows who he is. For the good of those people that they didn't want to hear, but for us, and an extreme encouragement to see it like, yes, I am. I am. That I am. I am the Christ. I am the Son of Man who I've said the whole time I am. Before Jesus confesses who he is, he, he actually is so wise in just t- not responding at all. The first time, <laughs> the first thing is like, why don't, you ta- why don't you defend yourself? And Jesus is like, I don't. I have nothing to I have nothing to say. All your charges are wrong. So the wisdom in just being quiet when there's nothing to say. Sometimes I think I maybe sometimes I should have been quiet. <laughs> Especially if I don't know the whole truth or maybe I should have waited by speaking but then also again like when we look at Jesus and they talking about who are you are you the Christ well do we hold on to that and believe that Christ confirmed who he is but what about us do we confirm who he is also Maharaj was talking about do we share and shine the light where we are So so sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've been asked the question, like Jesus, like, Jesus never says he is God. Well, he does. Actually, he does here also. And also, they, wanna, they want him to get killed, and the tactic now to get him killed is to, to say that he is divine or to get him to blaspheme God so they can kill him. So when people say that Jesus doesn't claim divinity, that is not exactly true. 
we've been through Matthew, so we know that Jesus forgives sins, which they got the Pharisees and the Sadducees got really mad at because who's the only one who can forgive sin? God. He receives worship. Who can only receive worship? God. And now he's claiming to be the one sitting at the right hand of God and has God's power and the right to judge. Yes, clearly, Jesus says he is divine. He is the son of God, thereby saying that he is in the family of God and is God. That's not, but it's, but it doesn't create repentance in in the Sanhedrin. <laughs> now they were never really going to do that, but it doesn't. So instead, they get furious. Caiaphas breaks the law by getting up and yelling and screaming. Uh, well, first of all, he t- tears his robes, which is legal. He's not allowed to tear his robe because here says in Leviticus he should not hang uh, loose or tear his clothes so he is breaking the law himself he is he is in principle made holy in these garments and he is tearing them he is breaking the law which is super ironic because he is trying to condemn another man for blaspheming but he is breaking the law in what he's doing plus he's also gathering Plus, he's also gathering uh, false witnesses to get an innocent man condemned, which is also, I'm pretty sure, breaking the law and many, many points. Because they could have, and again, this is Jesus loving his enemies much. He's telling his enemies who he is. This could have been them repenting of all their sin, and all the shame, pain, and guilt, and the wrath of God, their religious striving, their greed-seeking, which we've heard throughout, the clamoring for religious power. But they don't, they're so set on wanting Jesus to get killed that they're probably not really listening. So this commentary talks about why is it that the high priest gets so upset and so mad? It's the title that Jesus used the whole time. He's used used this title, the Son of Man, not the Messiah, not the Christ, because probably because the people had such a wrong view of who the Christ would be, so he uses the Son of Man title. And it's it shows who Jesus is. It shows that he is exalted to the right hand of God. He will come in judgment. And the, and, the fairy, and, and the Sanhedrin and Caiaphas would know this. So it just doesn't make them happy. But let's just go back to where we are. There. So they couldn't find any witnesses. Then they don't have any witnesses. So he presses Jesus 
I don't know, by maybe by the providence of God, he, he the one thing he, the only witness he could get was Jesus to witness about who he is. When he does that, then the Caiaphas gets so mad, um, tears his clothes, and then he says, he has utterly blasphemy. Jesus has done nothing of the sort. He doesn't even use God's name. He talks about who he is. But then he calls upon the rest of the Sanhedrin, what is your judgment? And he's already said it's blasphemy. Who's going to stand up against him and say it's not? But we don't need any witnesses. We don't need two witnesses because he has blasphemed. You all heard it. Now we are all witnesses. Yeah, you all witnesses who decided beforehand you want to kill him. But maybe they're not really talking about that at the moment. And so they answer him, what is your judgment? They say, he should die. And then before, before even the sentence is carried out, they can't carry it out by themselves, but it seems like at this point in time they're not allowed to kill anyone because they're under Roman rule. They start to spit in his face and strike him in his face. I was, just, I was reading that, I was just thinking about doing that. So spitting is one face is in most cultures uh, humiliating and all sorts of things. So just think about you being spit in the face by someone and the hit and you're innocent. But the interesting thing is that Jesus has all the power in the world. As we talked about last time, he can get out of it at any moment. He can just call down angels and get out of it. But he shows the meekness. Jesus is fulfilling everything in his life and in this trial that we read about that he asked us to be. Poor in spirit. Mourn. And we see here extremely meek. The one who has all power in the world is now being abused, spit in his face and slapped in his face. Many times when I read these passages, I was like, Jesus, why didn't you just, especially the last part there, people hitting him and say, like, who did it? If I was, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, just, <laughs> I'm not Jesus, that's a good thing, I'm not, because I would have been like, just make them feel so bad and have a picture in their head like you did it like you did it because you could with no problem but he doesn't this is meekness at its highest total power totally under control even as he's being abused and all Jesus did was to give the greatest hope in the world to everyone, telling him, people, who he was. Yes, I am the Christ, the Son of God. Then the scene cuts to outside where where we have heard that Peter has followed along. At first they scatter all of them and then a little bit later they walk by. They have an idea of where where um, 
uh, of Jesus would be going. So Jesus is sitting outside in the, the, the house, and then they have a courtyard in the house. There's another disciple with him, we know from the other, dis, uh, other gospels that was able to get him in. So Jesus, no, Jesus, not Jesus, but Peter's in there. And it's like, and this is what really struck him, was like he wanted to go and see how it ended. Like, oh, wow. So Jesus goes, um, um, or Peter goes there, and then starts the unwinding, which already started in the garden, but I guess he's still pumped up because he tried to defend Jesus. But now starts the unwinding of Peter's confidence in himself. Because a young girl comes to him and asks, uh, you were with Jesus, weren't you? Then first G- uh, Peter is like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So then some time passes and uh, another serving girl sees him like, but you were with Jesus. And Jesus says, and uh, Peter says, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And he puts an oath on it. It's like, I don't even, I don't, I don't know the man. First he's like, I don't know what you mean. Then like, now I don't know him. Okay. And then third, the bystanders and, and some other people now, <laughs> it's getting it to be a little more saying like, well, because we can hear when you speak, you're from Galilee, so you must be, you must know him. But then Peter starts to put a curse on himself. Not that he's cursing, but he puts a curse on himself and sweared, I don't know the man. But then immediately, what Jesus said comes true. He's now betrayed Jesus three times one more aggressively than the other. And here's the rooster. And he remembers what Jesus said. And he goes out and weeps bitterly. Now there's not maybe so much encouragement right now uh, in Peter's story. <laughs> other than what we learned last time, that our confidence shouldn't be in ourselves, but it should be in who Jesus is. Peter had grossly overestimated his abilities. He spoke against the word of Jesus and against the God, but he was confident that he could do it. Well, no, no, and no. Don't speak against the word of Jesus. Don't speak against God. You will fail. Now, G- now Peter has experienced this and this is unraveled. He goes out and he weeps bitterly that he has just denied his friend. Not only did he fall asleep, but he's failed by even saying he doesn't know him. This was one of the hardest things for me when I did become a Christian because I had denied Jesus many times in my life. So what do you do with that? Well, Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
we're going to see next week how really not to respond to failure when we hear about, Je- about Judas. But we see that Peter, he reveals what's in him. He really reveals that when it comes to it, that although, <laughs> apart from the Holy Spirit changing him, there's no way he's going to be a witness for Jesus. He will just deny who he is when it gets tough and hard. And it wasn't even tough and hard. It was a young girl. Now there's two things in the Bible and that's all the broken people and then there's Jesus. And I, we were doing, I don't know. We were doing something. I was, I was talking to somebody who did um, who did kids' work, and the person <laughs> said to me, "I think sometimes we're we're not explaining the gospel very well to the kids because we're like, oh, you're wonderful, you're perfect, and you are fitting perfectly into God's plan, and you are unique snow <laughs> you're a unique snowflake, and all these things." But but maybe we're doing them a disservice because they know in their own lives that they break their parents' commandments, they break God's commandments, and they're not really that perfect. So maybe it's more kind to say, you know what, there's one who's perfect. You are created the image of God. But you know what? It's broken. And there's only Jesus who can <laughs> who can fill that. And that's why Jesus is so amazing and wonderful. Maybe that's a lot better way to do kids' church and write kids' songs. Right, that Jesus is perfect, you are not. He wants you to get to know him so you can be restored. Because what do we see here? We see Peter as a sinful man over overestimating his abilities, going out and weeping bitterly because he said to Jesus, Something I will never do that. How many of tell, how many of you have done that in your life? It's a safe, safe place, safe place. You can put your Have you said something to Jesus? I will never do this again. But you did it. There's a few honest people in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because then we are in the same place of uh, we're in the same place of Peter. It's not. It's not that we. It's not that we are. It's not that we're outside of redemption, but it's just that we are like sometimes just we don't we overestimate ourselves and we don't throw ourselves on Jesus for him to do it because we see this great contrast between Peter failing so much and then Jesus lifting himself up so all can see. That's where salvation comes from. He's the son of God. He doesn't, even at the face of death, persecution, and he knows he's going to get spit in the face. He knows he's going to get slapped. 
He knows he's going to get crucified. He still says, you are right. I am Christ. I am the Son of God. Jesus shows who he is. Jesus is exposed for who he is. That's why we don't follow Peter. We follow and worship Jesus, not Peter. And that's that's a question for us like where do you see yourself like I see you probably you probably most of us probably see ourselves in Peter yeah we we have failed we have fallen short that's why we throw ourselves on Jesus that's why we worship Jesus that because he's the one who didn't he's the one that in the face of all these things is true to who he is he cannot deny himself So, uh, so instead of, <clears throat> there's two ways. There's like, oh man, I'm a broken, I'm just like Peter. Or we can just be so filled with joy and give thanks because Jesus is not like Peter. We can be full of thanksgiving and worship that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the son of God. He is the one who fulfills all of his teachings that we've gone through in Matthew. And this makes us able to hope and trust in Jesus and even that he's going to come back and all things going to get fulfilled in righteousness. All the ones longing for righteousness to happen, that will happen in Jesus. Then some people would say, well, Jesus is just a good, good teacher. No, 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 and this is a classic argument. No, 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 he is not. Because the things Jesus says is either he should be put in a home for mentally ill people or he is God. He cannot be a good teacher because no good teachers say that they are God and stay in university or other places. They go to a hospital. One time in my C-level psychology class, we watched a movie from a, from a psychological hospital and one guy who thought he was Jesus said something that was very true. Uh, he said, it's really hard to be Jesus and every day have to ca- carry the sins of the world on me. He was right, but he was not Jesus. And that's why he was in the home. No, so, so we have to deal with this, and maybe all of you in here, you love and serve Jesus. But some people would have this in their culture. It's like, oh, you can believe whatever you want. Jesus is just a good teacher. I pick and choose the things he says because I don't read Matthew because he talks about hell all the time. But I have an image of what I think Jesus should be. So no, he's a, he's a liar or lunatic. Oh, he is God. He is God. That's who he said he is knowing that he will die, honor his father, and make a way for us to be saved. So that's us. We can say, oh man, I stink so much like Jesus, uh, like Peter. Yes, we do. But the good news here is that Jesus makes it possible for us to be reconciled to God, that we can be changed into his image, and that when we do fail, we throw ourselves on Jesus not go out and weep bitterly, bitterly, but we go to Jesus and say, you've already done it. I ask for your forgiveness. Please, please forgive me. And we can respond to who God is. 
And he was like, why is that important? Because it means everything about everything. <laughs> I was getting excited here when I was reading it. Because what we believe about God determines every action we do. We can maybe forget sometimes about who we think God is, but it means everything in all our decisions, in our life and in our death. So what do we really believe about Jesus? My hope is that you have seen from this passage, this beautiful passage, the contrast between Peter and Jesus, and Jesus is the one that we can worship. So that was what I would ask you to do. Put your open face and trust in Jesus daily as your Lord God and your Savior. And we put all our prayers before him because he is able to take them and he does that as we will see he will spill his blood break his body for that to go away and then he will rise again conquering Satan, sin and death but we'll get there in the next coming weeks so let's pray together Heavenly Father thank you, thank you for this <laughs> thank you so much Thank you in a passage where we can just be discouraged about who Peter is. Jesus, you are so true to who you are. In spite of much persecution, you stand, you agree with the notion and statement that you are the Son of God, the Christ. You don't deny yourself, you never deny yourself. I'm just thankful for that. Help us, we ask. Help us that we know we are like Peter, but help us, Lord, to see clearer and clearer all the time with great joy who you are. That you said we will have trouble, but you said that you've overcome the world. And we can put our hope, faith, and trust in that. And Lord, I ask that you will renew our minds daily, that this will be more and more and more true of us. And more and more we will see who you are. And Lord, you know this season has been difficult with sicknesses and all these things that it's easy to get distracted, it's easy to lose hearts. But we ask that you would burst through all of those things and give us great joy in who you are. Even as we live in this place where there's many things that are not right. May we see you as glorious, beautiful, the one who's going to make all things new. We ask that you bless us, encourage us, in Jesus' name. Amen. And then the last, like, oh, oh, that, that one. Yes. So you may stand up for the benediction. Just before the benediction, just the last slide was just this old commentary. He says, but we daily choose so let us choose Jesus Christ to follow. Something like that. But Jude writes to us, Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be majesty, glory, majesty, and dominion, authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.